Welcome to Season 4, Episode 25 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening. (laughs) What's that, the Truman Show? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what you reminded me of. <laughs> Another beautiful morning here in the Northern Territory, Central mm-hmm. Australia. We just absolutely are loving our experiences here. The colour of the earth, the uh, the quality of experiences, the incredible smiles that are greeting us everywhere we go. Uh, and also meeting a lot of new people on the road that are all escaping winter and heading north toward Darwin. Yeah, look, if you are missing that culture shock experience of travelling somewhere overseas, the Northern Territory, I think, is probably the hidden gem here in Australia to come and and have an experience that is so different from the other states and the coastal regions of Australia. This is the place to come to get that fix. So true. And it reminds me of a, a good friend of ours, Luther Cora, who's a Yugen Bear man on the Gold Coast and a very cultural man and, and teaches his culture through schools and through his performances. And he said to me, you know, as Australians, we are always looking for that, that really rich cultural experience, something that just blows you away. And so we put the pyramids on our list and, you know, the Mayans or Machu Picchu. And we can see these pyramids, for instance, they're 3,000 years old. And he said, you know, we've got the oldest continuous living culture here in Australia, you know, argued to be 65,000 years old, with some of the most incredible artworks, storylines, landmarks, and it's all here in our backyard. And it's so true when you hit Northern Territory, you see an abundance of this. Yeah, that is so true, Paul. When we set off, one of the things that we really wanted to experience in our travels was Australia's cultures, the Indigenous cultures, and coming here to the Northern Territory. You're right, they are all around and mind-blowing that some of these ancient sacred places are accessible for free for Mm. you to go in and have an experience with. Just awesome. We've got a couple of those in today's episode. Okay. Before we get there, we're at Kings Creek Station where we left you and it is time for us to say goodbye to our travelling Tasmanian family, the Merediths, as they navigate borders back through South Australia, Victoria, Spirit of Tasmania, back to their hometown of Margate, just south of Hobart. But before we did, I thought there was a really great opportunity to speak with Adam and get some of his knowledge. A quick backstory. Adam is a station officer at the Hobart Fire Station, and he also designs and builds the number one fire truck for Australian fire services. So this guy not only knows a thing or two about safety, but also vehicle safety, making sure that your vehicle is correctly weighted, uh, the driving challenges, and then everything that comes with getting from A to B safely. 
And so I wanted to get some of that information out of Adam's head before he left (laughs) because we were traveling with them for a week due to COVID lockdowns. We ended up having two weeks. That was our silver lining, as we've spoken about before. And during that two weeks, I tell you, you can see that he has a system for every part of travel, every part of the uh, the full drive, every part of the caravan. And that is because that is what he has known for his entire career. And he took what he was basically teaching and implementing in his working life onto his holiday life with his family for this last four months. I mean, he's been able to travel from Tasmania all the way up to the Cape, to the very top of Australia, back out through the centre to meet us. So every style of driving condition, every type of road condition. So very knowledgeable guy. Yeah, I love that they've done 20,000 Ks in their four-month stint over here on the mainland, and I think we are nudging close to hitting the 10,000 K mark on our total lap year kilometres to date. It certainly shows you how far they actually travelled across that period of time. Yeah, exactly, and a lot of great gear as well uh, that Adam felt was imperative and added value, not only from convenience, but for security and safety as well to his family trip. Okay, so let's just go down a few of them because some of these are priceless. The first thing he wanted to really tick off with me was tyres. And in the fireys, they have a system called the four C's. And that is to check your tyres when they're cold, check the caps, that they're not cracked or damaged and no dust is getting in the valves, check the condition of the tyres and check the contents. What is the pressure on all of those tyres and how do you monitor that? And an interesting part of this system is that he's doing that every day that they're doing kilometres. Now, I really quizzed him on this, you know, so if you're a weekend warrior and you're only going out every weekend or once every three months or like us every three, four days, are we doing a travel day? He said, absolutely. It, it is one of the main things that he sees in major vehicle accidents is that a tyre is blown out or there's been a problem with one of the tyres or multiple tyres as far as pressure, condition, etc. So that was a really great system and he really talked that through on our, our YouTube channel in a little more detail as well. Then he went into some of the gear and that included some new... Australian-owned and designed mirrors from a company called MSA 4x4 Accessories out of the Gold Coast in Queensland. Uh, We actually got to meet these guys at our last caravan show, Shane and Peter, uh, great guys that are doing incredible work in looking at products and scenarios within the full drive and camping industry and improving them. And the work that these guys do to get a product out of their head onto paper, into manufacture, you know, actually approved and then to market is unbelievable. I just think that is such an incredible skill. So the mirrors were one of the inventions that these guys put together that just make towing and your ability to see your vehicle so much better. They're like transformer mirrors that's what Jasper and I called them every time I see them you know that noise 
comes into my head because they literally just transform in all of these different ways. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so we're actually uh, a bit of a spoiler alert, but we are looking to get some of these mirrors when we get to Darwin, all being well. The other couple of items that he really pointed out was a savvy level. That's S-A-double-V-Y level. He referred to this as the marriage saver. And this incredible little device actually hooks through into your mobile phone as an app and gives you the best possible level site uh, for you to park your van up. So he thought that was pretty good. It saved him a few arguments with his lovely wife, Nick. Uh, No idea what he's talking about. (laughs) The other one was a stone stomper. Another Australian company out of South Australia that helps protect your van, uh, particularly for these guys. They had done so much corrugated road and unsealed roads. So that did really make a big difference for them as well. And finally was the UHF radios. Not only the installation and uh, what type of UHF radio you install in your vehicle, but how important it is for safety, particularly for truckies that sit on Channel 40, uh, the caravanning community switches to Channel 18, how he communicates, how he was able to express and explain that he builds a line of communication with the vehicle driver that is needing to pass him, particularly when you're towing three and a half tonne like they are. They're going to be going a lot slower than a lot of other vehicles and a lot of those vehicles are trucks that are over 50 metres in length and he talked us through that process. It was just so fantastic. And again, all of that detail uh, is really in this week's episode, so do check that out at thefeelgoodfamily.com.au and you'll be able to check out that episode. Really process information, and when it comes from a source like Adam, who, you know, this is his life working in the fireys, and he deals with road accidents and road safety every single day across every facet of his mm. role with the fireys. It's so awesome to get this kind of knowledge. As you said, Paul, you needed to extract it from his head, but it is invaluable. It's invaluable for people who've been on the road a long time. It's invaluable for people who are starting out and for people like us, you know, who consider themselves somewhat experienced considering we've been on the road for two years. But there was a lot of stuff that Adam spoke about that I personally thought, wow, okay, that's that's really good. We need to take that on board or we need to check that out. Definitely. Uh, he set up with his first aid kits uh, obviously his fire safety within the vehicles, you know, the caravan and the four-wheel drive. And his processes and the order of his gear and how well he looked after his stuff and that there wasn't stuff that he didn't need. So measured and so considered. So everything had a purpose and a place and he did the process every single part of the journey the same every time so he didn't miss anything you know come back down to checklists uh he even walked around our tires uh and gave them a little tighten all the nuts he said have you ever done this i said no he said how many total kilometers have you done i said oh we've just clicked over fifty thousand kilometers on our two years and he said you know let's check this and some of them had a quarter turn particularly on the hilux amazing so he said, you know, on those corrugated roads and different road conditions, those nuts do come loose. And at some point, they're going to become very loose and you're going to be in a very big problem. Yeah, I love that you 
coined the term, you know, prevention is better than the problem. And that's so true, isn't it? And Mm. just being organised and knowing exactly what you've got on board and where to put your hands on it. I think in those moments of, okay, we could have an issue here, I need to act quickly, again, just would save you, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, look, it it was an amazing couple of weeks with our travelling family. Uh, They are back in Tasmania now and uh, the family actually, when they got to Melbourne, split up. Nick and the kids had school, so they they actually got a flight back to Tasmania from Victoria. And unbelievably, Victoria closed down later that night and Adam was left there <laughs> uh, with his van. He got a an exemption to be able to still travel on the Spirit of Tasmania with the caravan and then has uh, spent 14 days in quarantine. Three tests later, all negative so he's uh, he's about to breathe some fresh Tasmanian air, the purest air in the world, mind you. So he's really looking forward to, I think, uh, getting out. We did joke with him that, you know, he just spent four months in the caravan with his, uh, you know, teenager and, and uh, younger son and his wife, Nick. And so two weeks in quarantine was probably an absolute gift for him. What are you saying, Paul? <laughs> Well, you know, when you're, when you're spending uh, that much time in 17 square metres and then to have two weeks of uh, a, a breakout after your, your actual break would be not too bad. Me time, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, we're, we're glad that they're safe and well. And, uh, and We miss them. It's It was such a lovely time, particularly for the boys. Jasper, I know, just had a brilliant time playing with Jai and... Just great memories. And what it's done is really sparked us to forward plan as much as we Mm -hmm. can and figure out when we can get back over to Tassie as we've got lots of unfinished business over there. But also we've started a little conversation with the guys about potentially, you know, catching up with them when they head back over to the mainland for another four-month stint, hopefully on the West Coast. Yeah, fantastic. And that, again, will be such an amazing experience, new destinations, and and I'm sure lots more to learn there from Adam as well. Uh, On the the subject of COVID and lockdowns, you know, we, we are seeing this absolutely, again, take hold across different states in Australia and different locations. And and speaking with a lot of our friends and some of our family members who are being greatly affected, particularly uh, around their business operations. Uh, we're just, you know, we're just really sending you our thoughts and our prayers and, and we just hope that you and your family are safe and well wherever you are uh, and even abroad. You know, we have a lot of listeners overseas now and we, we genuinely uh, send our, our heartfelt wishes to you and your family. Okay, so that really emotional farewell they turned right, <laughs> headed south, back down across the South Australian Northern Territory border, and we continued on our journey up toward Darwin, stopping in the Alice, as we call it, Alice Springs, uh, for another week to take in their incredible East McDonnell Ranges and West McDonnell Ranges. This landscape is amazing. I I don't think either of us expected to see this kind of epic environment in the middle of Australia. 
Yeah, you're right, Paul. I had no preconceived notion of what Alice Springs was going to be like at all. And it's like the township is almost built in this tiny little crack in between the east and the west McDonald ranges. And so getting out to explore both was just awesome. The colour of nature out here, the colour of the earth, the colours that come through these ranges that are millions and millions of years old and Mm -hmm. in the making are just incredible. There was one section that just looked like an ochre rainbow in the mountains, you know, that spectrum of colours from the whitest white through all the yellows and browns and oranges and deep reds, Mm -hmm. and then throw in the green of the trees and the bush, and it is just incredible to witness. So it was great to get out and explore, and we actually we did a couple of day trips, first into the East McDonnell Ranges. Now, the East does not form part of the National Park that the West falls into. However, they still are conservation reserves, and they are still managed by the Northern Territory Parks and Wildlife Service, who, as we've said in previous podcasts, do an amazing job at upkeeping these special places, maintaining them and making them so accessible Mm. for locals and visitors to come and enjoy. And we drove out to Nadala Gorge, which is about 100 kilometres out of Alice Springs on All Bitumen Road, and then about 16, 20 kilometres of unsealed road Easy four-wheel driving. Mm. So you get a real taste for the environment. You feel like you are extremely remote. And then you are greeted with this stunning landscape that holds so much significant history. It is mind-blowing. It really is. And something that surprised us was the ability for you to camp out in this location for like $6 a campsite. Yeah, again, another great thing that they offer through National Parks and Wildlife here in the Northern Territory are campsites that are well-maintained with your fire pit and your cooking plate provided with a little picnic table area and a cleared area for you to put your tents and your swags. And I mean, there was toilet facilities out here Mm. in the middle of nowhere. So they really do make these places accessible for you to come and immerse yourself and enjoy being in this environment. The walk itself, very easy, a little rocky underfoot sometimes and through some of the longer bush and vegetation, Jasper loved being the leader and off we went together, but a very family-friendly walk. And we passed a number of other people who I would respectfully say fall into the grey nomad category. So it is very easy to get in to Nadala Gorge and enjoy this short two and a half kilometre walk. The number one reason why people will come here is to see some of the most beautifully presented, preserved and oldest rock art in Australia. And known as petroglyphs, they really talk to the different songlines and the dreaming of this region and the people that have called it home for 
tens of thousands of years. One particular rock art was the story of the butterfly from the caterpillar and then into its transformational chrysalis and then rebirthed out as a butterfly. And you can see this rock art all through scattered. And even if you actually venture off the path a little bit, you'll come across another massive flat rock and there it is again. And there's a really wonderful signage that explains the techniques that were used from pecking to pounding and and what the stories represent for the Indigenous people. So we all learnt something. We loved it. Katie had packed us uh, some wraps and some lunch and all of our safety gear that we travel with when we're doing these hikes, even these shorter, you know, half-day hikes, three to five kilometre kind of trails. And just a wonderful, as you said, fairly easy to do walk uh, and one to definitely go and check out to see this beautiful landscape. Mm, and again, the colours out here in the in the rocks and the cliffs were just spectacular. Um, it's something that got me thinking about, Paul, as I'd never experienced this particular kind of rock art before. You know, we were so fortunate to see the incredible display of ochre-painted artwork when we trekked into Carnarvon Gorge. And, of mm-hmm. course, there is also ochre-painted artwork at Uluru that you can get up close to as you do the base walk. But I'd never seen this style of petroglyph where they've used tools, rocks to pound or peck images and stories into the landscape. I think it's easy to take for granted. This is well and truly before paper and pens – This was their way of communicating with each other and sharing, as you said, those those stream time stories, those song lines and and what was happening in and around their environment with each other. And when you really stop and think about that and you realise how old these artworks are and how long ago these people were here creating them, it is incredible that they are in pristine condition and, as I said, free and accessible for all of us to come and and learn and take in. It's just amazing. It is amazing. You know, something that you reminded me there, again, back to Luther Cora, the Yugambeh elder from the Gold Coast, and in his presentation of his culture and sharing of this knowledge, he would always say, look, if, if you're Australian, you were born here and uh, – you're from this land and this land and these these stories and this culture still belongs to you as well. It's part of all of our history. So get yourself involved and get yourself engaged and learn about it and understand it and you will have a better appreciation, a better respect and we'll all be better people for that. I love his inclusion in the mm. way that he represents his culture. So yeah, very good. Okay, uh, from here, we want to share just one of the highlights of the West McDonnell Ranges. And that was another day trip, an easy half day trip, 41 kilometres west of the Alice is Stanley Chasm. And again, on all sealed roads, a very easy drive out there and a very beautiful drive. There are a number of significant sites out in the East McDonald Ranges that you can visit. We picked this one because we knew 
we only had this particular day to explore. And Stanley Chasm is owned and operated by the traditional owners of this particular area. So we wanted to go and experience this particular site, knowing that by visiting, we were also having a positive impact and playing a role in how it is preserved and presented for people to come and visit. That is such a great point. It really comes down to you being a part of the contribution to keeping this place open, operating and accessible. The pathways into the chasm, the landscaping again, which is naturally formed, obviously, but looked manicured. We've said this before on our podcast about the Northern Territory presentation of their parks. Uh, Amazing. And a fairly short walk in, it actually crosses over the Larapinta Trail, which is a much more epic and almost like the holy grail of walks here in Australia hikes. Uh, you know, you need food drops and it takes you three weeks and, <laughs> and it's amazing. So you can see part of that trail as you're heading into the chasm. Once you arrive at the actual Stanley Chasm, you are confronted by towering walls that have been formed over a 2.2 billion year process. Remarkable. It really is. And again, just the contrast of those incredible colours of the the reds and the oranges and the yellows of the, the rocks themselves against the picture perfect blue sky that was shining above us. Just beautiful. A photographer's dream out here. And to stand in the midst of this and really take in, again, the great interpretive signage and gives you all the information about this area, how the chasm was formed over, you know, that incredible mm-hmm. amount of time. It, it really does give you perspective on life. You are this tiny little ant standing (laughs) in between these towering cliff walls that are 2.2 billion years old. Mm. It really does give you perspective on life, on how we really are only here for a blink when you consider this environment. Yeah, we've we've used the word in significant before, Mm. you know, the insignificant ant feeling that you get when you're standing in these locations. I think what it really does is after you've gone through that process is make you stop and take stock of your appreciation of life and what you have to contribute and what you have to add value to it. You know, if you're here, do it, you know, do something do something, do it well and add value. And so that, you know, you've had some impact and positive impact on the environment and on the people that you've shared it with or interacted with at some point, you know. These locations, I think, again, are just so amazing because they are so close in proximity to Alice Springs. They are open, they're accessible this being privately managed by the Indigenous community was $12 per head for adults. Jasper was free. And we felt that that was amazing value to have an experience that you could be in awe of, but also given the uh, 
the amount of time it took to create. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there is a great on-site kiosk here as well that is run by the traditional owners, a great gift store. You can sit and have lunch. You can also camp. So we saw a number of people setting up their tents mm-hmm. to camp, which again would be fantastic. The last thing I want to say on this, Paul, is that just going back to that perspective and and what it gives you, I suppose, what you come away with when you visit these places. The Aboriginal people have been coming to these significant places all over our country for thousands and thousands of years. And their connection to the country is so strong. And now they're opening up these places for us to come and access and learn about that connection and make some kind of connection for ourselves. Yeah, well said. I really love that. Perfect. So back to Alice Springs and our choice of uh, caravan park accommodation was actually at the Big Four. Uh, And this really is because it gave Jasper an opportunity to enjoy the jumping pillow, the water slides. They have food trucks. They're very famous free pancake on Sundays that has been going since the beginning of this park. So we've, we've heard from people that said, you know, we were there 25 years ago and they were doing pancakes. Uh, so that was really great fun and, and it added some value to the experience there. Theft is a major problem uh, in and around the caravan parks of Alice Springs. And so we, we will give that a mention because uh, we met some people that were just across from us that went to hang their clothes out, left their caravan unlocked and had two wallets and a mobile phone stolen. It, it, it's hard to believe, you know, but it it does happen. Just lock your van. Just get into that habit. If you're, if you're out there in any type of van or vehicle, just always lock it no matter what you're doing. And look, this isn't the first time we've seen this. It's not just Alice Springs. I mean, we've seen this on the Gold Coast. We've seen this along the Eastern Seaboard plenty of times, you know. So lock up your stuff uh, and get into a good habit there and keep your stuff safe and secure. Now, we are going to wrap up our time here in Alice Springs, and next week is a huge episode because we are heading to the famous Devil's Marbles, Dally Waters, the most unique pub experience that you can find in Australia, and then Mataranka. Oh, bring on those hot springs. Heaven on earth, Mataranka. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So we can't wait to bring that to you next week. And again, we'd like to send you our thoughts, our prayers, and certainly our feel-good vibes wherever you are in this world. For now, dream big, look after yourself, look after your family. And happy trails. Feel the journey, feel the journey.